0: Hear the word of our Lord from Hebrews, the 13th chapter, in the fourth verse. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Hear the word of our Lord again from Ephesians 5, beginning in the 25th verse. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Alright, we're back on the sex and marriage series. Last week, we talked about hang-up numero uno for so many young men today, which is pair-bonding in which women with multiple partners in their past, sexual partners in particular, harm their ability over time to pair bond, and thus they damage the possibility of having a fulfilling, lifelong marriage. We discussed how the neurological or hormonal explanation of pair bonding doesn't exactly tell the full story of why women with multiple partners in their past have a smaller chance of success, why they have a more temptation towards divorce. After all, if you get with a girl, and if you're married to her, you're not just married to this body, this floating individual. She has a personality that has been shaped in part by her past. She has an actual past, and thus associations with people. So in the process of wisely choosing a woman who you would want to marry, there are going to be voices telling you, on account of this raw data, that the absolute gold standard ideal is a virgin who has not so much as kissed a guy before. And if you're going to date a girl with any other sort of past, if she's not a virgin, well, then you're wasting your time. Don't even try. No hymen, no diamond, right? We've all heard that before. The trouble with that is, though, that virgins are in very short supply these days, aren't they? And if you're choosing between being alone for the rest of your life, having no legacy, no family, no fulfillment, and looking at the command to be fruitful and multiply and going, yeah, God, but like... A lot of girls are icky these days, and the other option is accept risk. Knowing the statistics, knowing that, then I would wager that you should keep an open mind that you could end up having to accept some risk and then mitigate that risk. What do I mean by that? If you start dating a girl and you start getting serious with her, it is now a courtship, and she has had... Three sexual partners in her past. Your brain should not go immediately to, oh, this is going to fail because she has X percent chance of divorcing me and taking all my stuff later. I'm never going to be able to see my kids again, etc. and so forth. So I'm just going to go ahead and leave this girl and leave any chance that I had of marriage with her because I don't want to put myself at that risky position. That's foolish. That is a conscious decision to go all the way back to square one for no reason other than you are scared that this woman is going to go Jekyll and hide on you. What's a wiser way to go about it? To ask her a few questions. Be candid. Hopefully, by the time you're in courtship with a woman, you can actually ask her direct, candid, sometimes hard questions like... Have you repented of that sexual sin? If she has fornicated, and she doesn't care that she fornicated, she doesn't feel any guilt over that, she has not taken an active role in repenting of that sin, that's a huge problem. Second question. Are you still in any way, shape, or form having contact with these exes of yours that you slept with? If her answer is yes, For any other reason than maybe she has a kid. We'll have to get to that one later. If she's saying, yeah, I still have his phone number. We still DM every now and then on Facebook. That's a problem. On the flip side, if a woman does sincerely regret her sexual indiscretions, her fornication, the fact that she is not a virgin, and she has completely cut off those other men from her life now that she has you, She doesn't have their phone number. She doesn't have social media connections with them. She refuses to talk to them. Then you're looking at a woman who still might be a keeper. Think about it this way. Marriage is a sacred covenant between one man and one woman. And it represents Christ and his church. You are looking at being a potential husband to this woman. You are representing Christ to her. So think back. If you have not always been a believer in Jesus Christ, when you were brought to faith in him, you were brought to the word of God and his holy gospel, did Jesus look at you and go, no, that's too gross. Your past is too much for me. I cannot possibly save your soul because after all, it's just too yucky. And uh, listen, statistically speaking, you're probably going to apostatize. It's just not worth it to save you. Did Christ do that? He did not. Our Lord Christ, knowing that apostasy is a possibility, still died for your sins. He still wrote for your justification, and he still sees you as his child united to him in baptism. So Christ says, come as you are. However, we are not antinomians. I am not Sheila Gregoire. I am not somebody who thinks you can just become a Christian and never have to do anything as a Christian. Oh, nothing is necessary, and in fact, you get to live exactly like you were, and uh, if you just so happen to maybe stop, it's because Jesus earned your loyalty or something like that? No, forget that. Jesus tells the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. He preaches, repent and believe in the gospel. The believer is called to actively turn away from his past life of sin. Is he going to do so perfectly? No. But over the process of sanctification, which starts with that baptism, starts with the act of repenting from your sins and all of that past, you get better over time. All your bad habits start to slowly fade away. If you are looking at courtship and potential marriage to a woman who has a sexual past, then it is your job. In this situation, if you are really going to get married to this woman, to say, I accept you and I love you and I want you, but I want to know that you have turned away from all of that past. You're going to belong to me, not to those other guys. You're not going to have any contact with them. That's not you anymore. I need that. And be honest about it. If she gets upset with hearing that, like, "Uh, excuse me, I need my freedom, I need my friends, that sort of thing, well, then she's saying that she's not actually loyal. When she says, oh, I have my life, let me live my life, that's a woman that you can't quite trust. That type of woman is only going to see law when she looks at you. She does not understand her current situation or the potential future that she would be giving up if she decides you're just a meanie control freak rather than a man who wants to start the marriage off right with her having no connections to that sinful past. But if she says, okay, you're right, I'm not going to have anything to do with all that. That's not me anymore. I don't want to be that kind of woman. Let's start something new. I will be yours. Well, then you have a lot of good hope then for that relationship. You have mitigated some of the risk of divorce in the future in spite of whatever body count she has. Now, is this the VLP director telling you to... Man Up and Marry, that 37-year-old OnlyFans model with five kids from seven different baby daddies who just came to the realization that maybe this wasn't a good idea. Absolutely not. I am not telling you to be a fool. The standard line coming from all sorts of quote-unquote family ministries where they say, oh yeah, man up and marry those sluts, I'm not saying that. Body count is obviously still a factor when it comes to whether or not you are willing to marry a woman. If she has 400 guys in her past, it's probably unwise to marry her. But that said, if she's got a body count of plus or minus three compared to your own, who are you to judge that? If you're not a virgin, Are you really in a place to say that you have this moral high ground to demand a virgin? Of course not. And if you are a virgin male, and this is a girl who's made a mistake, use some wisdom here. Know what's gonna bug you. Know what you can say. Yes, I accept you because you have rejected this past. You gotta know yourself here. But I'm not gonna tell you except any and all comers who want to be your wife or who would be willing to be your wife. For those ministries out there that claim this, they're telling guys to be fools. Their weird antinomian way of looking at things is also never applied evenly. Because if a guy had stolen a car or did a dime in prison because of attempted murder, they wouldn't tell women, oh yeah, you just need to accept him for who he is, even if he's kind of proud of what he did. Like, oh my gosh, just marry him. Of course not. At the same time, too, none of these guys are saying, you know, there's plenty of single 65-year-old women, why don't you keep an open mind? No, because age is a factor. So is body count. So is all of that. But when it comes to getting serious in courtship with a woman, don't look at her having slept with a guy in the past as an automatic deal breaker. That's what I'm getting at here. You are supposed to be the picture of mercy and leadership in this marriage that may or may not happen. You need to be willing to say that she, like you, is a sinner, and she, like you, has sinned in the past. The question is whether she rejects it in toto. Now, moving on from that, let's say that you do get married to a woman who has a sexual past, three partners. We'll keep going with that example. What do you do about that? Do you just marry her and then say, all right, she's mine now? Case closed, I rest on my laurels. Heaven forbid. If you represent Christ to this woman and she represents the church, that should tell you a whole heck of a lot about your marriage. Does the church have enemies? Yes, yes, it does. Who protects the church from her enemies? Christ, her king. I do not buy this really, really stupid relationship advice where it's like, "Mm, mm, Mm-mm-mm, you got to treat me like your queen if you want my love. No, she's not your queen. She is not. But you do represent a king. And a king has a responsibility to protect, even if it means going to war. If she's got a past that's going to threaten your marriage, you go to war with it. Oh, she slept with three guys, and one of them was for a few months, and she admitted to you it was a wild time. Well, get that woman in bed and give her way better sexual experiences than she ever had with any other man. Oh, she used to do all this fun stuff with these guys. They would go on trips and stuff. Take her on better trips. Take her on something better. Do more for her to compete with her past. Should you have to compete with a woman's past? No. But are you going to have to if you're going to be her husband? Yes. And she might say, oh, I don't want to be like that anymore, or I don't have the energy for it. Tell her, too bad, that's what we're doing. You're going to be leader. She needs you to be that king of the household. Christ entered the world and went into direct competition with every other religion that used to own people. And he said, you are mine now, believer, and I am going to give you eternal life. I am going to give you so much better than any of these other religions had to offer, especially because they are all a bunch of posers, fakes, and frauds who are only looking to use human beings, the demons behind other religions out there. They're just looking to use human beings and dispose of them once their purpose has been fulfilled, much like the pump-and-dump dates out there that so many have been unfortunate enough to have accepted. If you marry a woman who has a quote-unquote past then you need to work double time to make sure that she is completely ruined for other men. There is no comparison to other men. You are the best that she's ever had and the best that she will ever get ever again in her entire life. Yes, that means spoiling her a bit. It also means being the leader in the household. It means setting the direction. And also it means talking quite a lot. You need to know what her world is like, who she's having conversations with, and not in some creepy, overly jealous way, where guys are like, I need to look through all of your text messages. No, women like to talk more than men do. Let her talk. Really listen. Ask her how her friends are, because the moment she ever complains about anything, I guarantee you there's going to be a whole swarm of people telling her to divorce you you need to be able to respond to that before it even happens. Keep improving yourself. Keep working out. Keep being attracted to her. We are no longer in an era in which you can afford to be complacent in your marriage. You need to be an active husband who is always attracting her, who is Always there for her, who is always setting the direction and going to war with her past, with anybody in her present that would threaten your marriage. And the entire time, you gotta do it as a loving husband, not as somebody who is coming off as overly possessive or weird or stalkery. You gotta know what turns her off and what she finds off putting. And then you gotta make sure to not be that. Be what she needs, be a husband. And you should know this woman like the back of your hand. You should know her that well. You should be able to finish her sentences. You are so used to listening to her and getting through to the very core of what she is saying. And even if kids come into the picture, if she gives you a son or a daughter you are still in charge of the health of your marriage yes you are you still need to make sure that you're betting that woman you still need to make sure that she gets her break from the kids her well-being is your responsibility her happiness is kind of your responsibility i know there's only so much you can do But as many times as people have said to you, oh, your happiness is not my responsibility, when you're married, it is the case. Her well-being is going to be your responsibility. You are going to be the one that gets the whole family in the car to get to church every Sunday and every Wednesday if you can do it. Take all those risks from a woman with a past, all those statistics regarding divorce and go, I can change that. I can definitely change that, and I can take that percentage chance of divorce and lower it until it is completely negligible. Now, if you do all these things, it's not just going to help her to love you more, to be a good wife and everything. It's also going to help you. Retroactive jealousy is a real thing. It is a real hang-up. But most of the time... Therapists will tell you about retroactive jealousy as though it is something you just need to accept. You just need to accept all of this stuff from the past. You need to look at how you're processing this and what's your cognitive malfunction to make you a nice, soft husband that would never ever judge anything from her past. That's what a therapist is going to tell you. That's what the websites about retroactive jealousy will tell you, and I am here to tell you that that's garbage. Chances are that's not going to make you feel any better. That's going to make you a doormat. That is going to make you accept that, oh yeah, she gave her sexual best to all these other men, but I'm just here to support her and make all of her dreams come true. And in the back of your mind, you're always going to feel that retroactive jealousy like OCD ticks hitting you every single day. You're just good at pretending they're not happening. If you instead say, no, I don't accept that past of hers. I don't accept those other men having been in her life. I am going to conquer this woman. I am going to conquer that past and make everything mine now. Again, in a loving way, in a wonderful husband way, not in an abusive way, not in a manipulative way, not in a gaslighting way. If you tell yourself that you are going to be an active husband, you are going to be the best thing that has ever happened to this woman, second only to her salvation in Christ Jesus, then I guarantee you a lot of those feelings are going to go away. A lot of those hang-ups are going to disappear. Now, there is a limit to what I'm saying, and that's with kids. If she is a mother to somebody else's child, there's going to be a temptation to say, that kid is mine now. And doing that takes away the rights of that father to see his children. That's not right to do. Now, I know for a lot of guys, a child from a previous relationship is already a red flag, but for those who are dating single mothers, or getting ready to marry single mothers, that father has a right to his children, provided he's not a danger to them or whatever, you know, circumstances depending. But if you're going to be a stepdad to those kids, then I would tell you, you should be the best stepdad ever, such to the point where they wish you were their real dad. Now, this is a sex and marriage series, not a parenting and step-parenting series. But I bring that up to highlight the point that it's not just exes that you're dealing with. You're also looking at in-laws. You're also looking at her potentially having a kid. You are also potentially looking at all of her friends, and you want to be a good son-in-law or brother-in-law, You want to be the kind of husband that all of her friends want to be friends with you. Although with a proper distance, you don't want any of them being attracted to you. You want to be that man that everybody gets along with. And if they are troublesome, if they are bad in-laws that don't like you for whatever reason... You want to be cordial and civil, but also make sure to protect your marriage in case these in-laws try to get into your wife's ear and tell her that she needs to ditch you. You're not going to war with your in-laws. That's bad for the family. But you are guarding your marriage in case they get sour on you. Now, by the way, if you do marry a virgin girl, if you are one of the few, like myself me and my wife were virgins up until our wedding night you should still take this attitude just like if your girl had had a past you should still make sure that nobody will ever compare in her mind sexually to you you will always retain that number one spot and obviously ideally you never want her to have any other partners in the first place you want to grow old together right but you need to be that guy you need to be that good Practice with each other. It's fun. Get lots of practice. Be the husband that's always listening to her. Be the husband that is always invested in her. Take care of everything. Because even a virgin bride is giving you a bunch of in-laws. Is showing you her friends. Is still going to have a life that she brings into the marriage that you may well have to contend with. Lord knows I have and you need to be super husband. All the advice that I'm giving to guys right now applies to any marriage. That we cannot just be complacent. We can't rest on our laurels. We have to be the active guy. And I know, I know, you're going to be thinking to yourself, well, that's great, sir, pastor, but You're only putting this on men, and I know you won't do that for women. (laughs) No, I'm going to do that for women too in this series, trust me. Women have responsibilities and duties as well, and they should be addressed. We're going to start doing that next week. It'll be great. Amen and amen.